1: Canterbury and the South Island wider, Louie here at 7am, coming to you live, 20 minutes through an All Blacks game against the Blocker, and uh, I tell you what, 20 minutes through, a yellow card for every 10 minutes and maybe we're lucky, Scooter, Scott Barrett, one of our own, well he's in the bin. Uh, didn't take long for the captain, Sam Cain, to be sent off as, was well, not sent off, but Simbin as well. Repetitive penalties. I tell you what, the Springboks been parked in the All Blacks 22 for the first 15 of the 20 minutes played at Twickenham. 7-0 is the scoreline, though. They've only managed to convert one try with all of that territory and pressure. Uh, morning to you. Nice wee morning here in Canterbury, isn't it? It was a... Uh, I guess a little bit relieving not to have to crowbar the car door open with another frost this morning, as Richie Moonga, very much our own, has managed to hit the post from a penalty from about 20 metres out on a slight angle. It's just not working for the All Blacks. Double eight, double three. if you're watching along and are coming into your living rooms right now or you're driving, um, what have you made of it? Double eight, double three. so far, they look a bit wobbly. And we talked so much about what the All Blacks wanted from this game and they just well, We just wanted cohesion, really. We just wanted them to play well. It wasn't necessarily about the the result, but... Mm, just it just looked a bit wobbly in the first 20 minutes. A little bit jittery in the Springboks. Well, they are playing with a thirst for blood. Not literally, of course. Uh, As I say, good morning to you around Canterbury. We've got a big show on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner today. Uh, We've got plenty coming up. We're going to do a bit of club netball because it is netball finals day around the city here in Christchurch later on and, um, well, the prem result on Tuesday was spectacular for technical. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of snow sports as well with a great young Cantabrian who's uh, competing in the free ride event at the Winter Games down in Central Otago. Uh, so we look forward to doing that a little bit later on um, with Jamissa Hampton and Jimmy Sinclair, Farapama Cup Canterbury coach because the Farapama Cup Canterbury side they are firing those women. They are top of the table. One week to go, a massive clash against Auckland. Only a few hours' time up there in Jaffa Land. And uh, I tell you what, I think they can get this one, get up, take big momentum after they beat Counties last week into the finals and uh, be hard to stop as they always are. Of course, the men, Canterbury, they play Wellington tomorrow don't they? Yeah, Sunday. That is going to be a doozy afternoon footy. Cannot wait for that. So, so much going on. Um, Jacob's up in Auckland. He's the honorary Cantabrian for the morning. Jacob, you had your eyes on the, the rugby as well. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And, um, well, we have to stick our hand up. Scott Barrett, he's one of the, the guilty parties.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I, the big thing for me in the first half is Tyrell Lomax's uh, potential injury, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, great point. It did not look good. So he had one of those knee injuries where the player sits there and they just call straight for the sideline and they do not move. Which um, typically doesn't mean good things, does it?
2: No, you're absolutely right. I heard um I was listening to the commentary while we were preparing the show and Marshy was saying on their uh, the SuperSport um commentary that
1: Super Sport Marshy exactly South right. African Marshy yeah, good know.
2: to it's have weird. him it's weird to hear it, right um, but yeah he was saying that, that exactly right I mean that was the whole argument going into the test um, do, should we wrap our players up in cotton wool or play a, a strong 15-23 um, I mean hindsight's 2020, 20, right in, in cases like this you know what? You
1: can't have regrets. I mean, it is you wouldn't change. I don't think that it, one injury... Well, it's easy to say, but I don't think that they would change their mentality after one injury, although it is a massive one. Tyrell Lomax has just been such a, a linchpin of the front row for bit of part of 18 months now, but I mean, the box have turned up. They named their side first. Oh, that didn't force Ian Foster's hand at all. He would have had this mentality. I mean, Fozzy's. I think Fozzie's just on a tear at the moment. Here's the thing. He's he's empowered with the, the knowledge that this is his last dance. And he just wants to win the World Cup. And do you know, in, in horse racing parlance, Jacob, I just think he wanted to get the All Blacks rock hard fit for the World Cup. And he thought, let's just absolutely have a have a belter, a gut buster, or to, not a gut buster, but one just to get our fitness levels right up top for the World Cup, which is also very strange how we have pretty much two weeks on, two weeks off, if you look at our schedule in the World Cup and who we're playing, so I think that's the mentality he went with, and he won't be regretting it, but you're right, it's um, Tyrell Lomax, that means that young Fletcher Newell's come on, and he's got a massive job to do, because he's going to have to play pretty much, what, 65 minutes today, talking him against the box in the front row.
2: Yeah, but he had a great showing against them last year, um, a part of that test that they, they came back and won, right? So, I mean, he's got a record against the box, and obviously, yeah, Canterbury man, so we're rooting for him. I mean, Joe Moody missed out, right, and he was a bit upset about that, um, came out in the media at la- oh, last week.
1: Earlier this week, yeah. Yeah,
2: so, um, I mean, they might draft him in because they need six, six props before the World Cup, right, in their squad.
1: Yeah, is he the right mm-hmm. side of the scrum? We'll uh, check that. But that's a very good point. And, you know, funnily enough, this happened to Joe Moody in the 2015 World Cup, I want to say. Yeah. He He... Uh, He was a a late replacement. So, look, there was a high attrition rate with those front rowers, but it was really sad to see Tyrell Lomax go down. Now, Sam Kane's back on, so we're back to our full complement, and somehow only down 7-0, 26 minutes into this test match at Twickenham, which they tell me is just stacked with South African fans. There's Springbok jerseys everywhere. Lots of expats, of course, just look at their cricket team. Right, we've got a big show to go uh, here on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Great to have your company, Double eight double three three, if you're listening and watching along with the footy as well, I'd love to see your observations, and um, hey, if anyone wants to do my homework for me, and I just off the top of my head, is, is Joe Moody on the right side of the scrum if that Tyrell Lomax, uh, is injury is really, really poor, uh, just it did not look good to the eye straight away. As I say, Jimmy Sinclair, uh, Jacob caught up with him yesterday, so we'll replay some clips from Jimmy Sinclair about the Fatapama Cup campaign for Canterbury in just a second. What else has been going on? Well oh, it's been a massive week. As I said, Canterbury they put the herd on Manawa too last week in the MPC. They were going they have been going fantastic actually. Marty Burke's got that team firing. They're such an experienced group of players and oh man, Dallas McLeod, what a player he's turning into being you know if there was anything to happen in the midfield I, I know that he would do the job. If he got called into that, drafted into that World Cup squad, Uh, the Canterbury women, as I said, 33-17 over Counties Monaco. Mid Canterbury just been a bit. Well, haven't been able to find their momentum in the Heartland Championship. Uh, They lost 19-8 to East Coast South Canterbury. Though the the um the winning streak. We talked to Nigel Walsh last week. The winning streak continues 45-21 for them. So that's what's been going on in the Heartland Championship. And uh, of course today we've got more games as well for all of those sides, including Horofeno um, Akapuri for Mid-Canterbury and Buller. Get to all the coasters. Buller, for South Canterbury. So that's what's going on in the Heartland. And I know it's, it's a big representative season at the moment. So today uh, in Waimati, we've got the Cantabrians playing the Sassanax. We've got North Canterbury. Well, Otago Country, always a a fantastic clash. Otago Country have come up at the low bird domain. And Ashley at 245 North Canterbury, Otago Country. Uh, Canterbury under 19 will take on Tasman under 19. Boom. I guarantee you, you'll find some super rugby champions in that match if you get your eyes on that. Murchison Sport and Recreation Ground. What a place. Murchison. Good pub. And Canterbury B play Southland B on Sunday, 11.35 AM at Apollo Projects Stadium. Of course, uh, that will be in lead up to that Canterbury-Wellington clash. Lots of code. Lots of sport. Lots of sport. Lots of great Cantabrians here on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. And Jimmy Sinclair, well he's won and we'll get to a little bit of him after this as we look at the Fata Cup. 7-0, 30 minutes gone. The All Blacks surviving. Although the Spring Book's on the counter. We're we'll back soon on the Enterprise Canada's gonna
2: I'm slaving over beat. It's hard work living the dream I hardly ever sleep. Now I wanna take it to anywhere Maybe we make a deal.
3: Maybe together we can get somewhere.
1: Uh, 30 minutes through the Springboks All Blacks game at Twickers and um, 7-0 still to the box. Man, they're just peppering our line. I kind of get the feeling that this might come back to bite the Springboks. You just don't want to not put points on the All Blacks when you've got them under the pump, do you? They're spreading it. They're playing expansive rugby, but I tell you what, the the scramble defence of your Will Jordans, your Mark Talayas, Richie Moonga held a... Held a uh, Malcolm Marks up over the line, just sensational. Will Jordan there, just a brilliant tackle. Um, and one of the springwork outside backs just obscured, but yep, we're hanging, we're hanging tough, just like the Canterbury Futre Palmer Cup team who have been dominant over the last decade or so, haven't they? Really, uh, Auckland obviously a powerhouse in years gone by as well. Just look at the points table: 22 points we've played the five, won the four we had that loss to the Waikato woman um, so we're got the same win loss record as the Auckland and Waikato woman which is very interesting going into this last round now jimmy sinclair is the head coach of the Palmer cup side and um, Jacob was good enough to catch up with him yesterday and he has come through the ranks he's done a lot of stuff at junior level and he's done a lot of st- worked a lot in sevens as jimmy and uh, he seems to be doing a hell of a job helming that ship through his first year of coaching and he spoke about that
3: uh yeah it's been awesome like i think we've got a real cool coaching group with um some real good diverse thinkers which has been really really cool we've been real fortunate to have um some real good support networks around us you know like with whitney from matatu you know she's been great in the background helping us out kate sexton the wealth of knowledge and performance sport she's been great as the campaign manager um, yeah, I have a real good relationship with Claire Baxter, the previous head coach. We worked together for like five years at the rugby union. So, like, you know, I've lent on him a bit. And then, and then also, we're real lucky we've got lots of experienced players that understand uh, the legacy and understand the culture that exists and how we keep driving that forward. So, yeah, it's been really good. Definitely some good learnings along the way. But that's part of the reason why we take these jobs is to make ourselves better. So, yeah, it's been really, it's been really enjoyable.
1: There you go. Continuity and uh, Blair Baxter obviously did a hell of a job and being able to lean on that wisdom, uh, very, very important for Jimmy as the All Blacks are trying to exit their 22 and a sketchy offload thrown by... It must have been Geordie because there's Bowden. So uh, a sketchy offload thrown from your 22 as you're trying to exit and Cheslin Colby, not the man you want to be... Lobbing a 50-50 pass anywhere near is the most lethal finisher in world rugby, probably. And uh, the wee man in the head gear. Oh, he goes straight under the sticks. 12-0, about to be 14-0, I tell you what. Oh, it's not Cheslin Colby. It's Kirtley and I, uh, I, uh, uh my, my apologies. They're both just very fast and wee head um, Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. I tell you what, 14-0 is more representative of how the game's gone. Maybe, my, But I, I still think that they should have more points. So I am not writing us off just yet. Do not worry uh, about that. Uh, so first year of coaching for Jimmy, uh, he's learned a hell of a lot along the way, but the team has improved alongside him.
3: Oh, I think one of the, the biggest learnings is around um, like how much information is available to support players You know, like in terms of the six pillars of development, you know, and then you think about the physio, the we've got a strength and conditioning coach, and, um, you know, like how much running meters do the players need to get through in a week, and how intense should the trainings be, and how much contact can they do within a week. And I think that's that's always a balancing act when you're in a semi professional environment. um, You know, some of the players we have are professional because they're Blackburns, and others are coming out of club rugby. So, how do you merge both? high performance attitudes with um the realities of a semi-professional resource um program is probably some of the key learnings, but i think we're really in a good place now i think i think we're really nailing that um at the moment so it's getting better and better and one of the best things about our environment is like we all believe that um the review process shouldn't happen at the end of the season you know like we're continuously looking to reflect and we've got systems around how we reflect every week to make sure we're getting better and just finished our like mid-season health check, where all the players get a chance to feed into how we can be better. Um, so that's really helped sharpen the management group as well to make sure that we're for um, the next kind of back end of the season, we've got things in place that are helping to provide parity and allow players to perform at their best. Um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest learning is around yeah the amount of information we have at hand to track and monitor and support player development, and then how do you how do you merge that with um, yeah, having full time athletes and then you've obviously got um players coming from Club Rugby. But I think that's the exciting bit too, right? Is um I think I think if you're strategic and you're well planned, you can you can definitely help um bring all the players together to get better performances on the
1: field. Jimmy Sinclair, the head coach of the Fatopama Cup, Canterbury Side, and um yeah, he's learning along with the team. It's a I guess a area women's sport and women's rugby where you are right on the cutting edge and you are learning all the time. So that makes sense around workloads and information, all that sort of stuff. Um, Auckland though, well, they've been a powerhouse in years gone by, haven't they? And they find themselves on the same win loss record as us. So where are their threats?
3: Uh, I think some of their, some of their um, they've got some power athletes obviously within the Fords. Um, so they, they know how to like get gain line in certain parts of the field. Um, and then obviously, like, you know, they've got some good uh, backs out there that can do some good things. Um, yeah, I think the, the exciting part for us is, like, um, yeah, our defence is really well connected at the moment, which is exciting. Um, but, yeah, probably their, their biggest, like Auckland's DNA, is they've always produced power athletes. So, you know, how do we make sure that, um, or how do we disarm that is probably part of our plan. So, yeah, that's why, again, it becomes a cool, it becomes a great contest.
1: Looking forward to that. I mean, Auckland-Canterbury, in anything, but especially rugby, is, oh, it's just, it's just it's different, as the youth would say, doesn't it? Um, and at about 11.30 later on this morning at Eden Park, you will get that clash in the Palmer Cup. Uh, Jimmy Sinclair leading that canterbury Palmer Cup side, looking to add another trophy to their cabinet, which has been brimming through the last week, while All Blacks hold on attack now trying to chase the box that's 14-0 at Twickenham um, trying to get a bit of continuity of play just some points before halftime would settle this side no doubt a couple of minutes to go before halftime we'll let you know what's going on after this and we're going to also talk some club netball because it's at that sort of wintry time where springs around the corner and the netball season's coming to a close here in Christchurch with some standout performances and standout performers. Lee McKenzie from Canterbury Netball will join us in just a wee bit. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports call
2: 25
1: minutes past 7 o'clock. And look, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, we've got to do it. Um, so Tyrell Lomax, his knee did not look good. Ethan de Groots had his strapped up. That's probably Ethan de Groots he's still out there, he's playing well. Unfortunately, Scott Barrett, yes, our Scott Barrett, who has already been yellow carded in this game. Well, he's picked up his second card in one half. Unfortunately for him, this is a red one, and it was a straight red because he's dived off his feet to shoulder Malcolm Marks in the head and kind of his shoulder. He got his it was almost like there he was a bit of a head clash involved. Malcolm Marks was lying in a ruck. I just... There's just no need to do it. And Scott Barrett, of course, we know his record with the judiciary and red cards, let's say, four weeks. Maybe, I don't know, whether... Because of his record, and I, I, it's hard. To, he's done tackle school, all that stuff. whether they I'll even give him more. I can't see it being less. It was a red card. He's kind of made head contact, shoulder contact to a spring to Malcolm Marx's head. He was lying on the ground. I mean, I want to. I don't want to rush to conclusions, but very silly from the next All Blacks captain and. Uh, Ian Foster right now, Jacob, he is probably going, why me? What have I done? Who did I scorn in a past life to be cursed time after time? It's not looking good, is it?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. I hate to I hate to uh, spark this thought in your head, but um, 2007 World Cup in France, um, controversy. And uh, it just seems like we're going into that into that well into the World Cup in France again, uh, with a, f- f- a lot of controversy too, right?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if it's controversy. I just think this is. I, I don't know any – yeah, I, I guess it's I, the wrong I word. Would, yeah, yeah. I would struggle to see somebody defending that. Um, yeah, this isn't a marginal Ford. This isn't a Ford pass. This is a guy who's got a track record who we thought was, we thought was. Past this point of his career. Anyway, the All Blacks are hot on attack here. If they could score some points, maybe that would make us feel a little bit better. Currently, 14 0. Let's cheer ourselves up. Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life, are proud supporters of community sport across the Check out our modern home plans and show home locations at TridentHomes.nz. Let's talk some Nipple. S E N Z. And as winter draws to a close, the end of our winter club sports competitions in Canterbury do so as, well, of course, all the footy and footies wrapping up and, well, starting as far as the representative stuff. And on the courts around Christchurch, it's been a massive season in the Christchurch netball scene. And uh, the, well, I guess the top comp was won on Tuesday. We'll hear about that in just a second. But very much finals day out there for a lot of great, great Cantabs that have weathered the frosty Saturday mornings throughout the winter so far and the Christchurch netball competitions convener is Lee McKenzie I'm lucky enough to be joined by Lee now how are you doing Lee?
4: I'm doing very well thank you and yes, it has been an exciting season uh, not only with competition but also with our new building that's opening as well.
1: Yes, now we'll talk about that a little bit later on because uh, that has definitely got the town buzzing, um, absolutely, I've, I've had a couple of people this week actually mention and ask me about that, so we'll have to find out a little bit more, but Tuesday night and a turnaround of all turnarounds for uh, Tech A, I mean, oh, this is, this is quite staggering and there was a good write-up in the star about it as well, just kind of looking at the turnaround and where this team had come from, but uh, Lee, I imagine it was a very rewarding moment for a lot of people.
4: It was, you know, technical uh, over the first round, they were actually down in the promotion relegation area. So they had to play off uh, to stay in the Premier 1 grade uh, earlier this year. And, you know, so to come through and be in the final and to to be playing Lincoln University, who are the uh, the were the current holders and um you know they've certainly looked very much on form technical as we've headed into this the defensive pairing of Lou Thayer and kate littlejohn have just been stunning in the second round um the way that they combine together the way they're able to switch within their circle and kate littlejohn now on tuesday she started off um the, the gaining of ball from the defensive end, she had two stunning intercepts through the midcourt, just intercepting clean through the court, getting the ball and getting it through to their shooters. So Olivia Wilkie shooting very well uh, for technical, which uh, only stood in their favour. So with very tall timber, in that circle, Kate Lloyd playing for Lincoln University against Olivia Wilkie there, and uh, Olivia Wilkie certainly not daunted by having to play against uh, Kate Lloyd from the tactics. And so, so... Oh, sorry.
1: No, you carry on, carry on, my bad. Uh,
4: yeah, so the, um, the attack end for Lincoln University, not able to actually... Combine and get their movements movements going uh, against that defensive end of technical. Uh, there, so um, you know, it was very low scoring though the the game. You know, it was six ten in the first quarter to technical, and um, t- to be honest, technical just led the whole way through that game. Fifteen twenty one. I remember um, saying to some people that I was sitting with in the stands that um, in the third quarter, it took two and a half minutes before a goal was scored. And, um, you know, which is unheard of. It just shows you how strong the defense for both teams were in this game.
1: Oh, it's it's classic. We see it across all codes, and especially netball, when the the uh, intensity goes up in these finals games, and the game slows down a little bit. You have to be super accurate, and it really does become a grind. Forty three, thirty six. Uh, what was the atmosphere like there on on the Tuesday night? Was it loud? Were there, there plenty of friends and and Fano there to support each team? Yes, we we so the we
4: went from Bishopdale. Um, YMCA and it was played at Pioneer Stadium. So that is just purely so we can fit enough people in. So we had the four stands out and force there, um, and they were full. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of support, um, for both teams, um, and, and, and just look help. It was a great game. It was very tight, technical as fast as Lincoln have um, are, and Lincoln University are known for their speed, but technical able to match them right through the court. So <clears throat> Lincoln University just weren't able to be accurate enough on their passing and their movements. They didn't cut front on the zone that was put in by technical. So, you know, that was probably the downfall for, for Lincoln. They didn't adjust to that game plan. But Technical, you can't you can't fault them. Their game plan was spot on, and their energy throughout the game, the intensity that they showed, um, meant that they were justified winners in that game. 36-43, forty three, seven goals in it. Now, the last two time, the last time these two teams met, it was also seven goals. So that margin has remained from their last game, and um, certainly, it was loud. And at uh technical, they had balloons and everything there. You see a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and, um, and that with Lincoln. Their, uh, their B team had played in a promotion relegation match before, so they had that support there as well. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, a great atmosphere, and, and that's what you want for a final, and they, everybody there putting their best foot forward and having the crowd um, involved as well.
1: Oh, it, absolutely. And More finals to be played and hopefully some more great contests later on. Uh, Prem 2 down. What are we looking at today around the, the finals? Is there a highlight for you? Uh, is there a final or a matchup in particular that you're absolutely buzzing for, Lee?
4: Well, the uh, Premier Two final, St Margaret's A playing Kiatoa B as well. Now Kiatoa B had a slow start to the second round, so um, to have them in the final, it's great that they are able to to make it back there. And St Margaret's have been at the top of this grade for several years now. So um, they're a young team. They head off to South Island Secondary Schools next week. So this will be a great game for them to be able to test themselves. Uh, a bit of pressure against more experienced players and that as well. So uh, we'll only stand them in good stead going through to South Island Secondary Schools. Kia toa. They have some lovely play in there. And look, it's great to see them coming through the ranks. You know, if they win this game, then they are possibly... Going to be up in that um, in that Prem Two final, and that with Keteru dropping out uh, after losing on Tuesday. So Kyoto B, everything to play for for them. So both teams, lots on the line for them. So that's what I'm I'm looking forward to um, later on today, and that is played at two p.m. at St Margaret's College. The other game that I'm really interested in is Belfast A playing Christchurch Girls High School A. Belfast have been there, thereabouts for the last few years. They've never been able to just manage that step to get into that premier two grade, and they're um, great experience there with them as well. So looking forward to see what they put out on court, and that they um, can maybe make that step up. Now they're playing at eleven thirty on the court, so um, it, it's going to be a fabulous game to watch. And of course, we have all of our closed grade senior, senior reserve. Challenge grades playing and all of our age grades as well, so down into our under 17s, our under 19s, um, 14s, and 15s, all playing in there also, so um, in their division. So Rangiruru C playing Kiruru H, so that'd be under 19, they're our top two under 19 teams, so they're always going to look good as well. And then under 17s, St Andrews playing St Margaret. Now these Two schools, they match up quite a, quite often uh, there, so um, it's, it's, the netball that they play is lovely, open, flowing netball, but it, the intensity is like watching one of those premier matches, and I'm sure that we're going to see parents out on force with that one as well.
1: Yeah, future stars, are absolutely, Lee. I wonder, is there uh, rep, rep spots up for grabs still across the courts tomorrow?
4: There's, uh, so the under-18s is earlier and under-16s is earlier in the year that we've played. So there's um, not those. And the Open representative team has already been selected. They head off to Dunedin to the 9th of September at the Edgar Centre down there. So we have two teams going this year. So that's really fabulous. But some of these people, you know, players, um, you'll be able to see out on court uh, a lot do come from our premier one grade as well so we're involved in the finals as, as well but um, yeah certainly uh, plenty of our youth the stars that are um, coming through to be seen and probably some of those players that we will be looking to fill fulfill the under 18 spots for next year which is played in the middle of the season
1: Right, we can't finish up uh, with you, Lee, without f- uh, following up around this netball facility. Uh, again, I had someone ask me during the week where it was at and what it's going to be specifically used for. So can you just give us the 101 here?
4: The, um, yeah, well, I've actually been in the building. So um, been able to experience it. It's not completed yet, uh, but we are anticipating to have have hold of it um, in November. Uh, the, uh, it is on track uh, for the dates that we've been given. So absolutely fabulous. Uh, a wonderful wooden floor going down. It's uh, four courts on one side, then a, um, a, uh, a wee access way in the middle, and then six courts on the other side, and it, with a netball show court involved in, in there as well. There's a mezzanine floor, so you can look over the four courts on one side, six on the other. So um, at the moment, it is 10 netball courts, and uh, we do have volleyball going in there as well, um, a little bit of rhythmic gymnastics, a bit of course ball, and that, yeah, there are other sports also looking um, to use the venue. And that, but I'm, I'm not sure where those uh, are at. But certainly looking to have other things there where we have. Said that we don't want too many lines on all the courts. We do go to some venues. I think we've all been in them, and there's lines mm. everywhere, and you're really not sure which one you're playing on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, limiting limiting that on there, but it is going to be a fabulous venue. It's got uh, you know four changing rooms. It's got a, um, a office areas, meeting areas. It's got a first aid room, all of that sort of thing. So a huge building out at Napunawai. So um, yeah, we're thinking of there's going to be a big opening, so that'll be start coming on stream, so people will be able to know that, about that, and um, come and have a look at the venue, it's going to be stunning, and really fabulous for netball, and that for us going, um, to have those 10 courts available, uh, it's just going to be wonderful for our sport.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, you can't even quantify what what impact and what positive impact a facility like that could have on, you know, younger players coming through and and keeping them in, you know, not uh, just keeping them into the sport, I guess, and then at the top level as well, having a facility like that. Um, to kind of give the players what they deserve to keep getting better. It's wonderful stuff, Lee. So a really positive update there. Appreciate that and appreciate your time this morning as we um, look towards another massive weekend for for club netball in the region and hear about that result on Tuesday, which would have been a, a hell of a party for technical. So thank you so much. Really appreciate your time.
4: No, you're welcome. Have a good day.
1: Right, we are 16 minutes away from eight. The All Blacks are down 14-0. Scott Barrett has been, well, given two yellow cards, so I guess we're waiting to know whether the bunker, which means he's off with a red card, but I guess we're trying to work out whether the bunker's going to upgrade his shoulder to the head of a Springboks player. It's Malcolm Marks to a red ah uh, dear the judiciary will be involved because it is armless and it is high contact so we'll work out what's going to happen there with no Brody retellic as well that's what's happening in the rugby Eek, would be the noise i make uh let's do some winter sports All right, joining us now on the Canterbury Sports Corner. This is fantastic because it is, being middle of winter. Well, it's actually nearly spring, to be fair, but the winter games are getting underway this weekend, and I thought to myself, with the amount of uh, wonderful terrain we have so close to us here... In Canterbury, there must be a, a good Cantabrian or two about to send it at the Winter Games over the next few while. And we've dug out Jermessa Hampton, who is a fantastically talented uh, free ride skier. He's been on the free ride World Qualifier Series and the big, de- the big deal, the full shebang itself. Uh, it's obviously a very exciting time because we have the North Face Frontier event at the Remarkables. And um, funnily enough, if I've got my notes right, he might have won this four star event going back a few years ago as well. So it's great to welcome in Jamissa Hampton to the show this morning. How you doing, buddy? Kyoto
0: Louie. Louis. Yeah, thanks for having me along. Um, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Um, just been doing my thing this winter and really excited to put the competition bib back on uh, later next week to um, get into it.
1: So this, this uh, North Face Frontier, the two-star and the four-star, and the four-star, like I must say, it's it's a, a very competitive field. It always attracts a, a hugely talented group of freeride skiers, but you, you're not this isn't foreign to you. You've competed in this event plenty, and it, it is always a, a real highlight on the winter calendar for you guys, right?
0: Definitely, yeah. I've been doing this event for many, many years now. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it, to be honest. Um, the first few years, I... I think I crashed maybe four years in a row or something like that. Um, But then, yeah, eventually managed to find my find my groove and got a couple of podiums. And yeah, it's a really awesome event. It's the first event on the Freeride World Qualifier calendar, Um, and it's it's a really good chance for Kiwis to get a little leg up um, for the circuit. Um, And it also attracts a lot of international athletes as well. So. Uh, There'll be people from North America and Europe that try to um, come over here and snag some early points for the season.
1: Okay, well, excuse me being speaking in total lay term here, but I'll, I'll try to break it down because I feel like for general sports punters, there's so many different, um, uh, I guess, variations of skiing and free skiing and boarding. So we'll try to do this as best as possible for, so everyone knows exactly we can picture what you do in our heads as we listen to you. Free ride in the Free Ride World Tour, we're talking about going to the top of these gnarly mountains, essentially picking the most technical run down. And if you're exceptional throwing in some tricks along it and we've had a rich history in the sport with the the Murrays and um well there's there's been so much uh there's so many men and women Kiwis that have competed at the top level and we've done quite well but essentially you you're sending it off the side of a mountain trying to pick the gnarliest line and put yourself in harm's way while staying on your skis sort of
0: (laughs) yeah it sounds a bit crazy when you put it like that though but um yeah, look, I when I try to explain it to people, uh, to put it in really simple terms, you have a start line at the top of the mountain, a finish line at the bottom of the mountain, and you're judged on um, a, a raft of things. But I like to, uh, to explain it just as if it looks cool and it looks difficult, um, then you're going to get a good score. But they sort of judge you on things like... Um, how how fast you're skiing, if you've got good style, if you're adding tricks, and then obviously if you're jumping off rocks and skiing through chutes and um, doing technical moves, that'll gain you some points as well.
1: It's it's unbelievable. I encourage everybody to go to the Free Wild Freeride World Tour um, social media pages or the website and have a look at some of our highlights. Like as I say, we've had a rich history as New Zealanders in the sport, and it's um it is hard to believe when you kind of watch what you guys do. What talk about? Tell me about your career. So you obviously. Um, You've you managed to qualify for the 2021 Freeride World Tour. Is that right, James? Did you have a, yeah. a decent crack at it? I mean, that would have been right during the COVID period. It must have been strange being on the road, and it must have been a hard road to even get to that point.
0: Yeah, well, it was a pretty, pretty interesting time, to be honest. So actually, my season that year would have been 2019 kicked off with this event. Um, and I actually won in 2019. That was the last time I um, did the North Face Frontier. So um, that was, yeah, a really good start to the season and went overseas um, and was going pretty well. Um, so I was sitting quite high up in the rankings um, and then our little friend COVID came along and, and then the last year events were cancelled. So it was uh, a bit of a bittersweet ending to the season there because the events got cancelled but the silver lining was that I finished in the top three which is the um which is the requirement to get yourself a position on the world tour so then um took it from there had the spot was really excited for the following season thinking that COVID would have blown over by then but unfortunately it had a bit of a long tail to it and um I wasn't able to get over the following year um just with uh not really being able to leave the country and get MIQ spots and stuff like that. It just became too difficult. So um, oh. they were they were good to me and um, held my spot for a year. So then I started actually the following year um, on the Freeride World Tour itself.
1: Oh, man, what a journey. Um, and, and, and when you managed to... to- yeah, and when you managed to line up, I know you'd been competing earlier in the year on the qualifying um, series earlier this year. So when you managed to line up onto the, the, I guess, the, the full Freeride World Tour, did you, I mean, you've probably... Oh you didn't travel for the whole year prior, I mean we can ski as much as you like and I know you would have skied a lot around the the kind of back Canterbury club fields, and you probably know the you know out the back of Temple Basin like the back of your hand, but it's not quite the same as some of those massive mountains in Europe, is it
0: oh look i always um I always say to people overseas growing up skiing in Canterbury sort of makes you prepared for any conditions. Um, so <laughs> even when it's a, it's a bit challenging, you know, the the Europeans and the North Amer- Americans are complaining and saying that the conditions are really bad, all the Kiwis are going, oh, this is this is sweet, this is what we're used to, perfect. So we always joke that we've got a bit of an advantage when the conditions aren't quite the uh, European champagne powder. But yeah, I think the, um, the club fields are sort of like the perfect playground essentially for training for an event like this um sort of got limited uh groomed run so it's all off piste it's really challenging um steep variable conditions and lots of fun things to jump off and practice your moves so yeah i think that the the club fields up in canterbury are really good and it sort of shows um because there's been quite a few skiers come through from there. Um, We've got Charlie Lyons, who's another New Zealand skier who used to be on the Freeride World Tour, and Craig Murray as well. Um, And I've also spotted a Freeride World Tour legend Sam Smoothie up at Mount Olympus a few times this season, so um, he's getting stuck into it as well.
1: Oh, that's epic. And, you know, it's funny. You shout out a lot of good names there. And remember Jess Hodder way back when she was trying to crack the the big time and obviously went on to – I think she won it last year. Um, Yeah, 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 which – well, unbelievable i remember she said that about skiing up north as well like you're dodging rocks anyway and you're trying to make the best of your scenario half the time and like conditions can be pretty icy and sketchy and and getting up there onto those bad days it, you're right it gives you an, an upper hand so as i said like exactly. we've got such a r- rich history in the sport and um oh, a lot of it, a lot of it would oh, be that no no that's right I was just saying, a lot of it would be our upbringing in our terrain right
0: Yeah, definitely, and I just realised there's actually a name that I forgot to put in the mix there, and that's Tom Dunbar, and he's another um, Canterbury classic who uh, was on the Ferraro World Tour back in the day, and there's a pretty funny video of him uh, doing this amazing run quite a few years ago now, and um, he sort of says at the bottom, oh... I've grown up in Canterbury and we're used to dodging rocks and getting close to rocks, so I was just sort of channeling that energy and um, and it, it worked out for him because I think he won the event that day.
1: Oh, Unbelievable, man. It's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. Makes me just want to get up the hill right now. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat to us. Really appreciate it and some good yarns awesome. and, and a, a good cantab doing some good stuff.
4: <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Thanks very much for the chat. No worries at all. Jamissa Hampton, uh, good family, actually. Great family. Shout out, Lewis. And uh, the old man was a good servant in the media here as well uh, for a long period of time. Now, the All Blacks have been let off the hook here, Jacob. Uh, The 22-year-old young South African centre, Moody, has just torn us apart when he picked up a loose ball around halfway, but they've ruled it back because they thought he was offside, but Justin Marsh was pointed out. It looked like he was still part of the ruck. So 21-0, and somehow we've been let off the hook. Interesting. Felt like we might have uh, had more hurt piled onto us, and now we're doing attacking bombs. This is just going great.
2: Just mixing up the attack plan, mate. What are you talking... <laughs> I mean, they, they worked for us at Mount Smart against the Springboks, so... I mean, they're attacking bombs and kicks and and whatnot. We're a man it's down. Just on New Zealand, mate. It just yeah. I mean, get the ball in hand, right, and and attack them. They've just the Springboks have subbed on They're in, like a different entire Ford pack. Seven Fords just came on the pitch. Um, I suppose that's just how the they're going to play throughout this World Cup, right? And we're trying to sort of match well, their style. With what, Willie
1: Larue was scrubbed out just before the game, and I think they brought Quagga Smith into the. 23, which made it a 7 1 split. Hey, this has been fun. Canterbury Sports Corner with Enterprise Recruitment. Appreciate your time. Great cantabs everywhere. The mail run's coming up, and we'll talk racing.